0: Hello, this is Tom Brevort. You are listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. Yes, welcome back, loony listeners, you are listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast, this is episode 240, my jingo by crikey, that's high, (laughs) we're getting there, Uh, you're with your high priest of country, Ray, hello everybody, and if you look up into the night sky, you will see a waning crescent, okay, but don't be confused. We're going to do a waxing crescent, I know, it's all in the details, and it will be a Pick Modern Run review, Moon Knight, Volume 8, Issue 14, Birth and Death, by Part 5, by Jeff Lemire and Greg Smallwood. And joining me, returning onto the show, is Drew Toombs. Drew, welcome back.
1: Thank you so much for having me again, my friend.
0: No worries. Drew is a top-tier patrony, And, of course, at the start of each show, a huge thank you to our Petrunis. Uh, those you'll see on co-producers and executive producer credits on each of our episodes. Also, if you go to itkmoonnight.com, You'll see our Patreon temple, um, so you can have your name shining in bright lights there, similar to Drew. A big thank you to Daniel, Drew, Justin, Derek, Kyle, Wayne, Jordan, Josh, James, Anthony, and Michael. And, of course, we do have a few sponsors. Uh, Drew tombs of course, he, here he is, uh, one of our top tier Petrudes and top sponsors. Uh, you can follow Toombs on SoundCloud and Drew's other uh, moniker, Lurk Music, on Bandcamp. And this is uh, music Produced by Drew, some dance music on SoundCloud. And uh, on his Bandcamp, there's some horror and sci-fi inspired soundscapes. So go check that out. More details in our show notes and a bit later in the show. Also, Daniel Doing, a a great creator, awesome bloke, um, and creator of Fringe Night, an original indie comic based on Erie, Pennsylvania's very own mysterious superhero. And finally, Dreamland Comics. Get your back issues there, I tell you. You'll get a a discount, I can guarantee you that, uh, at the Superhero Superstore.
1: So comments on those. I really need to check out Fringe Night. Yes,
0: and Schaumburg.
1: <laughs> I looked it up actually, Schomburg because it's so funny. So many episodes. You'll talk to people not knowing where exactly they are in yeah. the U.S., right. and you so politely are always like, "So I don't know if you're close or not. But you could go check out." Comment <laughs> somebody who's in like Maryland or something like right, that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Scha- I looked it up in Schaumburg where or dreamland is it's like less than 45 minutes away from where i'm at in oh. chicago oh nice. so one of these weekends i'm going to pop out there and just go on a shopping spree and be, be <laughs> one of the uh one of the loonies to finally stop in
0: yeah just just go to the counter and just say moon <laughs> and i yep. will <they'll> just go i'll <laughs> wink at you i know what you're talking about all right <laughs> open a vault in the back <laughs> 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 um but that'd be awesome so again any loony listeners out there um yeah illinois um there it is I thought it's, yeah Chicago it sounded like that was close to Illinois
1: it's a suburb of here I can't remember which direction but yeah, yeah I looked it up and it's like it's less than 45 minutes or so depending on traffic
0: oh nice okay worth it definitely worth it give it a go <laughs> not not mm-hmm. you uh, general in general everyone in
1: general um, everybody should go
0: yeah exactly no no matter where you are um <laughs> now drew we're gonna we're gonna dive into our lunapic modern run review here um now I Oh yeah, there, I split it up there, uh, The Bare Bones. Are you okay to read some of The Bare Bones? But I'll, oh yeah, um,
1: uh, want me to take, want to just go every other one?
0: Yeah, yeah, I've got your initials up against there. Um, oh, never mind, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll take yeah, the ones that had me on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> No worries. Um, and this was released May 17th, 2021. Is that right no that's not right oh i got it wrong already <laughs> oh god anyway <laughs> i'll fix that up i've got the prompt sheet haphazardly <laughs> done it was uh released a lot earlier than that uh we're talking about birth and death part five we this have 2016 right I 2016. Think. Yeah, 2016 yeah 2016 yeah. 2017 i thought was uh, the thing oh, the prompt sheet ray get your act together uh writer jeff lemire penciler and inkers greg smallwood colors geordie blair letterer vcs Corey petite and editors Jake Thomas and Kathleen Usneski. Uh Now, this is available on floppy format, or it's on digital, or it's in trade paperback, which is out of print, unfortunately, or the hard copy, which I'll be uh, reading it from. Uh, that's, I think, out of print, but fear not, because they are re-releasing this all early next year. Uh, complete oh, they are?
1: They're redoing the Lemire stuff? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, um... I, have the, I have the first two collections. I can't mm-hmm. remember what the titles are, but... The third one you started, I can't yeah? find anywhere for like oh. less than eighty something dollars. Oh wow. Oh no no, yeah. just just so hold I, on. I read through all of the Mirror run uh, with physical copies and then I I had to do digital for the the last yeah. one because for some reason that third installment is really hard to find.
0: It will save your pennies. You can use that eighty bucks for the, the complete collection and then some. So. Well, <laughs> that, that's the, good. No, yeah. so I know
1: we're getting we're getting that rerun of uh, that recollect or that re release collection of uh, houston run and yep. and all that next year too so lots there's, of good
0: stuff coming. A, huge, a lot of stuff a lot of stuff so yeah so loonies as well like a little hint as well don't go by paying 100 bucks on ebay for stuff um it is going to be re-released very soon uh so yeah and also digital it's also digitally in a collected issue format as well so i'm sure you can get that um similar to its hardback hard copy counterparts now um now, Drew, I've got the synopsis here. So, what we do, Looney's bare bones. It's a summary in case you want a little bit of a a general reminder on what this issue that Drew and I will be talking about. Uh, and then we'll be going into awesome, Drew. I see here you filled out the notes. <laughs>
1: oh, cool! I didn't know
0: if that was uh if that, that, that was going to update do. on your end too. Absolutely. Uh, And then we're just going to... We're going to a wax lyrical and wane lyrical on writing, art, themes, characterizations, references, all that sort of stuff. Uh, Any other little general notes, and then we will cap it off with a moon rating. Now, before... Drew, before you start the bare bones, I always ask as well, do you have a particular inkling towards a moon rating system? There is the vanilla rating, and there is the conishu rating system.
1: I've always... uh, I've always enjoyed when people went for the connor shoe and i figure you know for (laughs) for my first uh review episode i had to go with it just just for the fact that there's a rating called big fuck off moon that's
0: it well that that that's
1: where we're heading (laughs) oh i've never even you know this this comic's gonna rate higher but i never noticed that a number eight is big big beautiful yellow man Connor Shoe has, I don't know, I can't
0: read his mind. I would love to travel in his mindscape every now and again, just to see how he came about that. But um, absolutely, I, I
1: dove into some of the really old episodes on a, a road trip recently, uh, and <laughs> just some of the old ones with Connor Shoe on, and there's some there's some really funny stuff.
0: Oh yeah, he, he's uh, he's a gas, he's funny. <laughs> um, oh, incidentally as well, uh, a little shout out. Connor's uh, got another podcast, Wine Mums, if you want to check that out. Uh, all, all geeky stuff um he's right in his element there anyway drew if you'd be so kind as to read the bare bones which i will say uh is the one that i wrote back in episode 14 14 um, yeah, yeah, of course. why not use it yeah oh hang on so actually we're doing we're doing bits here so <laughs> let's lead off here we go right In the past, Mark Spector, mercenary, is left for dead in the Egyptian desert and as he makes his way across the sands, his other identities begin to speak to him. Stephen and Jake comfort Mark and ask him to rest. They also assure him that he will be coming soon. As night falls, Mark starts to hear Conchu's voice and it's as if by the light of the moon, Mark is led towards a great temple. A dying Mark pleads for life and strikes a bargain with the apparition of Conchu who dubs him
1: Khonshu's Knight. Back in the present, Mr. Knight walks through the hospital in search of Khonshu. He hears a scream at what appears to be Marlene, but as he enters one of the rooms, he is greeted with Amut and one of her jackals. Mr. Knight is drugged and laid out on the table in the room. Amut has rigged him up for shock therapy, and in a strange display of parallel lives and realities, Khonshu is also shown laying the dying mark onto an altar in the temple. As the switch flicked and a jolt of current surges through Mr. Knight, it does the same to Mark in the past, and Mark finds himself resurrected in the temple, where he made a deal with Khonshu. He sees Marlene there, and to his surprise, she said that he was dead only moments ago. Mark, now having been reborn by Khonshu, has a clarity of purpose, and he describes himself as a ghost, a specter of the moon, the moon's knight of vengeance. He grabs the robe off the statue of Khonshu, proclaiming he has work to do.
0: Mark's resolve is reflected in Mr. Knight and all of a sudden Mr. Knight breaks free of the shock therapy restraints and overcomes Amut and her jackals. He heads to the rooftop of the hospital and finds Conchu there waiting for him. Conchu throws illusion after illusion at Mark but none can overcome him. Left with only Conchu in front of him, Mark refuses to be afraid anymore and it's this determination that weakens Konchu. Mark combines all his identities and in one final act of defiance he crushes Khonshu into
1: dust. With Khonshu gone there is a peaceful calm over Mark and he looks up at the moon and relishes in the silence. As it begins to rain Mark questions a little the reality he is in but he doesn't let it worry him for too long. The rain on his face feels real enough and for Mark that's good enough for him.
0: Yes, Looney. So there you have it, a a summary of bare bones of uh, issue 14 uh, from Jeff Lemire and Greg Smallwood. Now, um, overall impressions, Drew? I mean, this was an issue uh, that you chose, uh, a very strong issue. Um, Mm -hmm. Um, So no surprise that you you probably liked it. Uh, But overall impressions, what did you you make of this uh, last issue?
1: I really loved it, and so... Without getting overly into it, I know we originally were going to talk about uh, the shield card issue uh, mm-hmm. during the bottom run. And I'm actually glad we switched to this one because I – so when I when I first dove into, Move Night, into Moon Knight, I actually told a fib on the last episode, I initially <laughs> started with the Lemire run. I tried the Lemire run first Ooh. because, because yeah. the artwork intrigued me so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's obviously you know lauded as being one of the best, and it, it is. Um, but I didn't quite get what was going on yeah. after four or five issues. Um, I was really confused, really intrigued. So then I went back to the bottom. And again, like we said in the last episode, uh, the bottom is absolutely fantastic. But I still didn't quite get what had gotten this poor man to this point. Mm-hmm. That's when I went back and read everything else. But having that really... Uh, discombobulated experience with the Lemire run as my first experience with Moon Knight Solo Mm -hmm. Um, having gone back and gotten all of his 30 whatever years of history and then getting up to this issue made this part of like watching him overcome everything he overcomes in this issue after reading his whole life story was it was just so wildly powerful to me
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah. Way it, more so
1: than if I'd let myself finish this when I tried it the first time. It would have been cool, but I wouldn't have quite yes. had the weight to it.
0: Yeah. Um, as well, um, my, my co-host Rebecca as well also kind of nabbed it. Um, you know, when people ask what we should read first and what's the best run, um, it's funny, like, the Lumiere run, for me, I mean, as well as yourself, is one of the strongest ones, but I would never wish it on someone to read first Um, because... No, and, oh it's, man, it was
1: so confusing for me because, like... <laughs> Like I mean, we've talked about this plenty in in the past uh, episode, but me coming into Moon Knight officially because of something like Damnation, mm-hmm. hopping into something like the Lemire run, it was just so discombobulating. And in my head, I already have this preconceived idea of Moon Knight as being yeah. this kooky this kooky lunatic yeah. uh, who follows an actual god. And, you know, for a good chunk of, of this issue and who's, you know, are you or not this issue, uh, this run, I actually pretty much the whole thing, you could question whether that God is real at all. Mm. Uh, that's yep. part of the appeal of it. But as a first timer, I wanted conchu to be real. I wanted this to be yep. cut and dried. And I was so confused by like issue four. One, I didn't know any of the characters. Two, I already knew how I wanted his reality to be. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't shape in its perfect writing for what it's going for yeah uh but as a newbie i was just like man this is this is tossing everything up in the air i haven't even gotten started yet <laughs> yeah yeah
0: yeah It certainly yeah it, it certainly is a, a strong um issue for me looking back on it now like rereading it now in, in prep for, for this episode it's strange because <clears throat> i've got this additional lens now and i've got in the back of my mind uh what what you mentioned actually in, in again the past uh, the last episode that we did uh, the understanding DID and uh, the mm-hmm. stuff that we've learnt so far through uh, fellow loony Uh and I'm I was reading this I was going okay this melding there's there's a want here to meld um, these identities we know that that's something that. People still try to do, like, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and therapists still try to actively do for DID. It doesn't necessarily work for others. Um, but there's that, but there's also this thing about, um, it not being real. Um, what is conscious? Is, is this, and I was link, linking this to the Jed McKay run where it's, where Jed McKay is not really concerned about the DID. It's more about how consciousness affected Mark's brain and mm-hmm. whether, you know, whether this stuff, that's happening to Mark in this issue fourteen, and, and in the whole series, is much to do with with conscious influence. You know, um, yeah. It, it just actually it just gave it another level, another um, right layer of of what to think about when I was rereading it. I found it just quite interesting.
1: You're you're really throwing me for a loop here too, because now I'm like <laughs> really overthinking it, and I'm just like, you know, yeah. They they had that whole talk with the therapist where they straight spell out your brain was like, you know, physically touched by an interdimensional being. Yep. Uh, what does that say about you on a scientific level that's changed in your anatomy? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, now I'm starting to see these like theories about Hunter's moon being, uh, you know, another personality of his. And if that's the case Mm. is Khonshu influencing any of this at all, is there actually another fist of Khonshu or is this another part of Mark's DID evolving? Mm. Um, yeah. which is a, which is a really interesting concept, which then just like the mirror run starts to toss up these ideas. <laughs> yeah. the and I think that's one of the yeah. best parts about this character yep. and the best parts, the best runs of his. I feel so many fans agree on is there that the ones where it's very ambiguous as to what's actually happening. Yeah, um, because I, I I like when it's spelled out, cut and dry. I like the idea yep. of Kanshu being a physical, real deity that's affected Mark. Mm -hmm. But it's still fun for me to to then start to feel a little bit crazy myself. Like I don't. (laughs) Yeah. This this run more than anything made you start to feel. It's unhinged.
0: It certainly did. It's so it's so interesting to put this side by side. And I know we have the Bemis run in between, but put this side by side with the like to say serpent war. Or, or the Moon Knight Annual with Kang, where it's very much spelled out to you that Conchu is... Or, or Age of Khonshu by... by right, so, that still is. it's so
1: fun. I just reread yeah. all of Age of yeah. and it is an absolute blast.
0: <laughs> it is. It, it's everything in Avengers comic. super
1: story. cool to see that yeah. get tossed out the window <laughs> and, you know, the, next, the next time he pops up. Yeah. And I know it might not be the case in the context of, of canon, but uh it's kind of fun to imagine that Mark himself is on just as much of a roller coaster as we are as the reader like he doesn't know mm. <laughs> by season if, if if what's happening is real or not so yeah i kind of try to look at it that way i'd like to i'd like to think i'm just as in the air as mark is yeah <laughs> um well do you want to kick us off with uh with one of your
0: your points then um uh one of the defining something that stuck out i guess to you from this issue
1: yeah so um I'll just start with like really basics. Like uh, as far as the art, uh, Mm -hmm. Smallwood is an absolute genius. Uh, It's fantastic. The the interviews you did with him about how this run came together. I just found so fascinating. Um, uh, I think this is some of the best art that Moon Knight's ever had. And Mm -hmm. I would honestly, I would kill to see these two or even just this art done for another one of his runs. Mm -hmm. Um, But specifically with these later issues, uh, I love the way they use the whites and the blues and the purples oh, on every. Yeah. It's such a nice coloured change from how dark so many of the other runs are.
0: Mhm, mhm. And we do get um from the like the the first couple of pages, we get that nice sandy kind of as a point of difference. Uh, the retelling of the origin, but you're right. I mean, yeah. I mean, what what can what else can you say about Lemire? He um Smallwood, sorry. He actually even says as well in the afterword at the end of this issue. Uh, this run, working on this run for three years, actually made him a Moon Knight fan. He had no idea who Moon Knight was before, but he fell in love with him. Um, you know, so cool. This. Yeah, makes so... you
1: wonder what he would do if he ever got to hop back in on him. You know,
0: oh, I, oh, I would love that. I mean, I, I don't know what he's doing. Yeah, I mean, most recently, I know that he wanted to pitch stuff. I guess that's what you do as an artist. You just pitch stuff to Marvel and DC or whatever, and and they'll they'll pick it up. I'm really yeah. hoping they do pick him back. But he, he's a a real talent and you see some of his others. So did you read that? Um, was it, uh, I think it was a, might've may, may been the Hulk, but it had Dr. Strange in it. Um, and and Smallwood yeah. did that as well. It was, um,
1: I actually went, uh, in, in my Marvel app. Um, I haven't done this until recently. Uh, I don't know why, but, uh, I'm always just adding story arcs that I want to read specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've started going in and finding artists that I really like, um, and I, I found a bunch of I can't I'd have to go dig it up, but I, mm. I added a bunch of runs that Smallwood's done artwork on, just because I want to see how he illustrates other stuff. And I do yeah. remember one of them that I added being something Hulk related.
0: Yep, and and we talked about the Damnation um, uh, series. He did a, a connecting cover to that as well. I made I made yep. sure to get it um, all of them beautifully, beautifully done. I mean, if you want to see Smallwood do Doctor Strange, Ghost Rider. You know he's a big fan of Midnight Suns as well. He's done uh, pictures for that, so um, that really. That
1: whole pitch that he was taken to, I think that's such a missed opportunity that that mm. group of Midnight Suns hasn't been picked back up yet. Oh, mid- uh, yeah. And if he was the one to do it, my goodness, <laughs> that would be
0: fun. Yeah, I mean, sticking with the art well as well here, what I do like is a recurring motif of what Smallwood does with his layout is uh, the the focus on Mark's eyes. Um, and we actually yeah. get that throughout the whole series. It starts of, with his eyes very dazed. Um, and by the end of it, this issue, you can see a, a focus on them.
1: Um, you know, I'm, it was really cool seeing you point that out in the notes because I went back to the issue. And especially in this last issue, mm-hmm. there's so many panels of him looking straight at yes. the camera, so to speak. Like he's looking. So you get a clear shot of of the fear in his eyes. The, mm-hmm. the you know, the determination in his eyes towards the end and like you said the clarity at the end of the issue and uh it's it makes me want to go back and reread the whole arc just to pay attention to the facial stuff Mm. because they really do show a lot of his face in this and like to great effect
0: yes and uh and we know greg smallwood fashioned mark after his his own face as well um Mm. so yeah um very again very well done um here let's go to I, i guess the do you mind Drew, if we, if we jump to the, the very end bit, like this whole culmination stuff, um, I just wanted to get your thoughts on it because it was such a powerful thing. And, and this is what I was talking about. It kind of had me rethinking how stuff is and works with DRD. But um, yeah, what, what are your thoughts on the this this final kind of uh, reconnection with konshu
1: So I can kind of tie this into one other point I had on mm-hmm. here. Um, that very first panel where he's walking through the desert, uh I haven't it's been a minute since I read the issue right before this, but I believe this is right after he was uh he had the shit kicked out of him by Bushman mm-hmm. and was left for dead, right? Yep. And, and he'd been trying so hard to fight off these personalities even back then. Um seeing him in the desert especially like I said, after reading all of his stories over the last year or so, just rereading through everything mm-hmm. and, and seeing so many of these struggles between him and his personalities in different times and all these things, uh, seeing him on the ground in the desert, asking Jake and Steven to stay with him because he's scared. Like that's, that's pretty heavy. Like for yeah. somebody that you forget, you know, sometimes is a really heavy guy. Like, yeah. Uh, seeing him that vulnerable and asking these people he's been fighting against for so long to stick with him. Uh, and then flashing to the end of this issue where they all come together in agreement to work with each other and to uh, exist with one another to defeat Khonshu, however you want to interpret that. It's just so powerful, especially after getting, you know, so much of his story right before it. Um, yeah. And it's been interesting listening to Lena's breakdown of, how this sort of thing works. And uh, I could totally see how having this whole um, I can't remember the exact term, but integrating uh, personalities and what have you, the, uh, yeah. how she laid it out. I could see that being something forced upon someone, not forced, but something that is brought upon by a therapist or an outside influence mm-hmm. being really detrimental and being something that would not work for someone dealing with this issue. But um, seeing Mark do it of his own accord and seeing Mark do it out of a place of self-empowerment, mm-hmm. he's not getting rid of any of these guys. No. He's not trying to kick them through portals or stab them or anything anymore. He's, yep. he's accepting that they're part of him. I think that's really beautiful for a, yep. a character that's grim. You don't see this sort of... Uh, I mean, beautiful is really the only word I can think of for mm. it, and you don't think of that word when you think of Moon Knight. To watch... Uh, I have a lot of friends that deal with really heavy mental health issues, mm-hmm. and I've seen when they come out on top of a really dark, really difficult situation and they don't just survive it, they feel confident that they've improved themselves. Yep. That's like, that's a glow about somebody that you care about that you can't replicate. And it's a little, you know, a little out there, but like we love Moon Knight and to see him have that, like that victory as someone who never gets victories yep. is a, uh, it's a really awesome thing.
0: Yeah. I mean, you've raised on a couple of points there that, yeah, just really, I guess, make it so impactful as well. I mean, of course, exactly kind of what you say as well of, of Mark being the, the person that he is. I mean, we were just also talking not that long ago about how um, he he he's pu- he pushes everyone away and he's been wanting to get these altars away. or You know, he wants to um, do that. But there's that kind of... Um, I get a tragedy of him being alone, and and that that moment where he realizes that he may be alone, there's that vulnerability that he shows of of hoping that the others are there. It, it just goes to show that you you can be as independent and as strong-willed as you as you want, but you one of the main I think values of Moon Knight, and you see it is is his support network. I mean, mm-hmm. he's very much seen as a lone wolf, but. Time and time again, you see with the Mensch run, he calls his friends like Jenna and Crawley. They're his family as well. Mm-hmm. They're not. They're not just you know people he knows and, and people that he potentially just uses like Jenna or Crawley. Um, he really values them. Uh, and then similar with uh, we were talking about again the Houston run about him pushing people away. Um, Jed McKay run the current run about um, how he's kind of in a way kind of run away from what we know are his
1: established network. But he right. still and,
0: builds a network with with you know,
1: right? And 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 you know, it's, I've been kind of thinking about it since our talk, uh, our last talk about this new network of people. Um, it's kind of striking me that uh, I mean, obviously the the Bemis run came after this, and that really did ham up the the other personalities in ways that I wasn't particularly a fan of. But like the important thing is that they were there; they were prevalent. Mm-hmm. Um, it was somewhat strange getting into the new run and not only seeing uh this new cast of characters, but not seeing his altars. Um mm. or whatever, you know, the, the correct mm-hmm. term for that is other yep. you're not seeing Jake, you're not seeing other than the sarcophaguses when those pop up. And uh it's kind of nice uh having reread this issue specifically and then hopping into the McKay. Uh, I don't feel like he's keeping jake or steven hidden i don't feel like they're locked away somewhere i feel like they came to a peaceful understanding with each other back during this event and they don't feel the need to act out they're still very much there but mark it's nice to kind of feel like mark has the midnight mission running and he is functioning in the way that he needs to be functioning uh without forcing it yeah i don't, I don't feel yeah. like he's fighting he's not fighting against himself anymore yeah. at least as far as we know for for all i for all we know that's exactly what he's doing and that's gonna <laughs> yeah. blow up very soon which, what who knows but yeah it's it's cool to see uh see how this kind of feeds into some of the modern stuff whether it was intentional or not
0: oh yeah no no definitely as well and that kind of got me thinking um again with with that that final scene where he crushes Conchu's, um, skull. It's a show of strength. It's a show of unity for himself. Um, but again, you could see it as it's a show of, of him overcoming. It's nothing to do with him overcoming, uh, you know, in that sense, DID air quotes. Uh, it's more, yeah. uh, it's him overcoming this outside influence that Conchie has had on his brain, which we know again from the Ellis and the Wood run. Um, with Eliza Warsame, which she gets mentioned in the McKay run, there's uh, this whole thing about uh, about Conchu's, you know, the thing that McKay talks about about you know being touched by a deity uh, in your mm. mind. So, again, I love how this kind of works with the the current runs as well. It, it feeds back into it, and you can see that this defeat of Conchu. I mean, I think initially I saw it as um, as a, a a sign of of solidarity with mark's identities which it very much is but Mm -hmm. on top of that as well it's it's him on top that other that other factor of him getting over Conchu, which you know again could be it could be perceived as ambiguous here but you can also take it as Conchu, like being an actual thing you know an actual being that has affected him
1: yeah it's something i've really thought about too um when i was going through the issue today actually just to take some notes uh you know, the first time I read it, it, it very much struck me as like, yes, this is clearly signifying him making peace with his uh, personalities and in a way overcoming this mental yeah. demon that mm-hmm. has plagued him for so long, um, which is very powerful in and of itself. Um, it's cool that if Khonshu is a real thing, he just banished him out of his mind. That I think yeah. that's really that's very cool. But uh, rereading it today. um, There's, you know, some parts where uh, the part where he says, we've outgrown you. I thought, you know, if you look back at a lot of the old runs, not even not even the old, old ones, but like there's plenty of times in the Mensch runs where case in point, when uh, when Midnight Man takes his statue and he loses it and thinks that he's done for, um, which, you know, he never was. uh, There's so many times where he tries to get rid of Kanshu and he ends up crawling right back to him and getting super jacked on being his errand boy again. Mm. Um, and it almost as the reader who really roots for Mark, it, it almost makes you like, like, yeah, I'm really excited that he's still the, the moon's night, night of vengeance. Obviously, I'm going to be on board with that. But it also kind of makes this whole push for his solidarity feel like a defeat when he falls back in line. Mm. And this and so when they say we've outgrown you, I start thinking like he if we're just speaking metaphorically here, he really did feel like he needed Khonshu's influence to justify him continuing to exist for a lot of times. Uh, He there was plenty of points in the comics where he seemed to have lost all purpose if it wasn't coming from Khonshu. Mm. This is one of the first times you see him being completely okay with just being strong for himself.
0: Yeah. 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 And and. Even at that, if you look at the very end, um, it, although he's not even a hundred percent certain, like if, if if this is the way to go or if this is the the true thing that has happened, it was good enough for him. It's good enough for now. Yeah. So right. um, he, he's come sure. at that sort I, of.
1: I've never, uh, you know, I, I've struggled with depression. I've struggled with anxiety and stuff like that, but um, I can't that that some of those conditions can really take you to when when they are really intense.
0: Yeah. And
1: uh, I could imagine getting, when, he, when you see the clearing and the artwork and he's just standing there talking about how he's finally having a moment of quiet and mm-hmm. peace, yeah. like if you've ever been in a real rough spot, you know just how loud it is in your head. Can you imagine having 20 plus years of that? but with the influence of actual personalities and things that you think are gods and constantly having to fight and getting hurt. And I can't imagine the relief he's feeling. And it's so nice as like a fan of him, to think, like, oh, this this poor motherfucker's finally getting a moment's rest. <laughs> and if it's not yeah. entirely real, whatever,
0: good Who for would, him. Just, just, just take it when you can, you know what I mean? And right. and that's, uh, yeah, which is good. Yeah, it is a a very nice way to cap off the series. It actually gives him some sort of kind of chance to to uh, finally kind of relax. Um, uh, uh, another another point that you may have there, Drew?
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, um, I uh, I just think, uh, we're kind of coming back to the artwork. I think that the cover art is, is genius. I forgot oh, to mention that. Yeah, just the, the big struggle of his different costumes, his different, uh, personalities leading up into what obviously, you know, the, the focus of the issue is, uh, I think is yep. one of my favorite covers that they've done.
0: And, and again, I mean, hats off to not only Smallwood, but Geordie Belair's I think colors as well. Um, here reminiscent she's kept a particular palette it seems for that kind of other void um Mm -hmm. thing so in that front cover with conchu watching on uh the space at the back you got those nice bluey greens but then you get like the purples and it goes into reds i I just love those those colors um from geordie belair really good
1: yeah and it you know we were talking earlier how i I went and started finding things that Smallwood has illustrated and putting them into my reading list to come back to. Uh, Moon Knight is so far the only comic character where I felt the urge to go and look up the colorer, uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, and well. that's
1: because of this run. Yep, and uh, I can't remember his name. Please correct this. Capuccio? No, he's he's illustrating the, the new run.
0: Yeah, uh, Risho Rosenberg's okay. doing
1: the. Yeah. yeah, so I I want to go find stuff that she's yeah. doing because of how wildly on point the coloring is for this new run of moon knight and there's plenty of good runs for other characters that have wonderful art wonderful colors but moon knight's the only one so far where i've been like, like holy shit i need to go look up what other color what other issues these people have done colors on
0: it's very ironic that for a moon knight for moon knight who was essentially black and white um, the colors right. seem to, t- seem to pop out. Um, <laughs> so no, I, I, again, testament to, to the, the fantastic color is Um, it's amazing, amazing what they do. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more, uh, as well with that art as well. Um, Greg Smallwood's art, uh, I, I touched upon it when, when I had a chat with him. Um, his detail of the backdrops and backgrounds is just as intricate as his, characters foreground characters and that level of detail and attention i think really pays off for his art um mm-hmm. and it certainly works in this issue where where you come across that debilitated conchu uh, temple where mark walks up against and, and just a look of conchu in general as well um that the statue no and conchu as well that that kind of scratchy um bird like um in the suit the bird skull in the yeah suit.
1: yeah the weird like distorted outlines yeah. of it it's really if, cool especially could... in contrast with how like vast and, and beautiful the other void you know kind of art is he still yeah. looks distorted and, and frightening
0: yeah you, you can almost imagine those kind of um i don't know the movement around him like i can imagine it being like an animated series or something and you can see the crackle around Khonshu, yeah know?
1: like a weird glitchy distortion or yeah. something
0: yeah yeah it's a really cool art there um there's also um just a. Look, another thing I'll, I'll just throw in there. There's also a sequence in here as well, Drew. I'm not sure if you've got this in your notes, but, um, there's this nice little parallel kind of past and present that Lemire uses when, mm-hmm. as we mentioned in the, in the bare bones, as Mark is being laid down to get shock therapy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's this really cool thing. It's, it's, it blew my mind in the fact that what it's happening both in the past and the present and it affects the or present.
1: In- it's the way he, he does it too. It's almost like fourth wall breaking. It is. Um it, I think it I actually did put this in my notes that they're the flashback um where Khonshu uh I yeah, he's being in reality he's being drugged and laid down on the table, but also Khonshu's like carrying him and Khonshu straight tells him, This is a flashback, Mark. It's being intercut with the present. Yeah. Uh it's fourth wall breaking for you, the reader. But it makes sense in the context of the story, so it's not like it's not like Deadpool wall breaking. It's, it doesn't make it weird. Yeah. Um, and it, it's such a cool way of them splicing in his very original origin, uh, yeah. coming out of what they were telling in the last issue, um, right before you know Bushman messed him up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a really Classy way of doing that whole back and forth thing without it being overly confusing. Yeah, and it's just a really innovative way I think
0: that Lumi has has depicted time, like really mm-hmm. just just to kind of manipulate it for this story. I think it just it just really I don't see it that often where that happens unless it's some sort of really time based, uh, time travel oriented story. Uh, but it works right. works really well here because it, it just keeps that tone of. Um, Of this exist, look, it 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 kind of breaks down time, like deconstructs it, and Mm says it's it's not something that's necessarily linear, that that's happened in the past. These two things can happen at the same time, these actual actions, and that will have past will have uh, effect on the present, and present will have effect
1: on the past, which is just
0: yeah, really cool.
1: Right, there's actually a line when he's carrying him here. Right after he says the thing about it being inter, you know, flashback being intercut with the present, He's he says as they flash back to the modern time where he's getting shocked, mm-hmm. uh Kanju goes, Time means little here. Yeah. So you it's yeah, it's it's simultaneously very trippy and time distorting <laughs> yeah, while still being extremely linear.
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um yeah. So I thought that was again, that was another standout for me as well. Um uh is there uh, another another note there? I don't want to. Sorry, Drew. Because I don't oh, want to no, just not jump in so, on all yeah, the. Yeah.
1: No, you're good. I have one. I I only wrote down one other one. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, because I you know reading back through this, this is a really quick issue. It didn't. It is. I don't. I don't yeah. think it's short, but it didn't need to be any longer than it was. No. I think it had everything perfectly timed in here. Um. uh That whole scene on the rooftop where, uh, Kanshu is throwing all these illusions at him. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yes. I think is one really cool just seeing a throwback to all the other uh, villains that are up there with him. Uh, mm-hmm. You got Bushman, Midnight Man, Black Specter, Scarlet, uh, and the werewolf. Mm-hmm. Um, it was one cool just as fan service to see all of these people that you've you know shared his history running into. Um, but one thing I actually just noticed as I was looking here is right as he runs out onto the roof, Konshu immediately switches the yeah. rounding to the, the, the surface of the moon. Yeah. And that's when the werewolf, the werewolf pops out yeah. and something I've have ranted about with this run. Um, <laughs> it's funny. I was, when I was reading through whatever issue it is, it's in the second chunk out of the three. Um, it's, it's an issue where he's really going off the rails and it's I. I would love to talk about this one in the, in the future. I'd have to go back and find the mm-hmm. number, but it's an issue where he has openly told Marlene that he's scaring himself, and yeah. I think it's a, it's one of the most vulnerable points he's ever been to see this fucking hard ass dude have to break <laughs> down and tell this, his his partner like I'm scared for myself, yeah. and I don't know how else to voice it, and then he he goes off the rails. Uh, it's that whole scene where. Uh, Lockley is being interviewed by the police and his scenes are, are red and then he's all of a sudden on the movie set oh, and it changes yep. colors and then he's on the moon fighting mm. against hordes of space werewolves yep. and there's that whole two page spread where he's in outer space fighting with all these moon ships against hundreds of space werewolves <laughs> yeah. and I'm sitting there not in the artwork's incredible and what's happening is insane and I'm not in awe of what's in front of me. What I'm in awe of is that I'm seeing this absurd thing. And all I can think of is, oh my God, my poor man's brain. Yeah. Like his yeah. poor mental health. He is really losing it. Mm. Uh, oh. I feel like Kanshu flashing him back to the moon here when he comes out onto the roof mm. and the werewolf popping out. It took me right back there. And I was just, for a second, yeah. I was just like, oh man, not again.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And okay.
1: then he comes out on top, obviously. So yeah. Final.
0: Well, I was, no. as a, a massive taunt by Conchu bringing him back on that moon, you, you know, because oh, yeah. as you, yeah, as you're saying, like, this is bringing back a lot of baggage that, that's occurred earlier in the series. And, and I like it because it touched upon, obviously, this is a culmination of the 14 issues and it touches upon, the previous arcs. So, um, you were mentioning, uh, that, that arc with the Space Wolves and, um, the movie set, um, from memory. I think that's in, is that Incarnations? I think it's called that. That I was the, so, yeah. yeah, the arc that was preceding this. So that was the, yeah, whatever, six issues or whatever, five issues, um, before this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I like how, yeah, how Lemire is really just kind of rounding out. It, it really gives a sense of closure to this. Um, similar with the use of the the villains, as you say, um, yeah. um, all the classic villains we get there. So, um, uh, you know, a bit of a nod as well to the past, but also not to the fans as well for them.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I like how he didn't feel the need to to ham up any of them. None of them really no. even get lines besides Bushman saying he has yep. like a score to settle or something yep. like that. Yeah, uh, they're just they're, yeah. they're just there, and he's and I. It really like you know when he's going through that whole space where we'll cop interview breakdown that is for lack of a more sensitive term that's that's probably the most insane mark has ever been mm. um he's really losing it at that point and you really yeah. feel him cracking uh to see him walk out on the roof can you try all of this shit and him just to be like nah that's, yeah. this isn't happening. He he's almost false for it and then he's like this isn't happening yeah i'm dealing with you yeah and it all disappears it's really powerful for Mark to just oh. watch him finally be like, "I'm not dealing with this shit, dude."
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, conscious is doing the old mind game trick on him, and and it, you know he's working towards his vulnerabilities, and it's like, no. I mean, and as you say, these villains. I think it's great that they come over here. It's really not about them. It's about the no, the it, overwhelming.
1: It to yeah. you know whether Conch is real or not, those mm. villains were, yeah, and he knows to brush that aside, and, and he knows. Whether it's a mental health issue or whether it's an interstellar god, his problem is with him and he's dealing with it. And that's yeah. something Mark has not ever really done.
0: Yeah, exactly. And again, if we're to bounce back to Smallwood, I think one of the more iconic sequences in this is that the four horizontal um, panels of Mark, Stephen, Jake, and Moon Knight holding. Conchu's head in profile and, and then you Mm -hmm. see it, see it crushed. I think that's one of the most memorable, I think sequences for me for the Lemire run as well, because um, again, it it shows it's such an impact of, of, um, of Mark. I'm not going to say like merge his identities, but just be at peace with them. Like exactly. Be happy with where he is and what he, what he is. Um, so yeah, that, that, yeah, very, very good stuff.
1: I mean, I love this sort of stuff.
0: Um, uh,
1: uh to, to go to those four panels really quick too, like, yeah. uh, like I said, I tried to start with the Lemire run didn't make sense. So I had to go back and do all the other ones. And uh, in the time I was reading all the old ep- issues, um, they had a, they'd done the official announcement for Oscar Isaac for the show. And in the post that they made, it was him with the artwork behind him. And the caption just said, ah, yes. we are Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. And as someone who knew the character, I was like, okay, multiple personalities. We are Moon Knight. That makes yep. sense. I didn't know it was like something he said in the comics. Cause I hadn't gotten there yet. Mm-hmm. So when I finally got to that panel, like i kind of oh, remember, right. i remembered back to the oscar isaac yeah post and I was just, oh fuck yeah this is yeah
0: that's I, I, yeah i know exactly that, that kind of feeling you're kind of like yes yeah this ties yeah. in it's awesome it's Like, yeah.
1: and i really have like it really makes me feel like they're gonna handle the show the way i'm hoping they handle it
0: yeah I, i'm nervous i'm still nervous but um i i'm also very excited of course um but mm-hmm. i i've got yeah, I've got faith. I think there's going to be... We're going to get something that's very entertaining, I think. Um, and yeah, at
1: the very least for sure.
0: Yeah. And look, I've also tried to manage my expectations and know that DC, uh, Disney and Marvel, they play around with the characters when it comes to the MCU. So there might be some dis- differences... Um, oh, for I'm sure! Just... I'm
1: sure we're going to get a little yeah. bit more lighthearted than what we're expecting, and yeah, and but I'm sure it'll work. I think yeah, the humor yeah. will be in the right place, yeah. and I feel like they're going to. I think they know what they're getting into. I think they're going to let it. I mean, I think I, I heard this brought up by someone else recently on something, but uh, mm-hmm. they they of all the things they let Falcon and Winter Soldier get pretty dark for Disney. Oh, uh, yeah, if they, if they can let Falcon and Winter Soldier deep dip into. The dark territories it went to. I think they're gonna yep. let this go a couple places that we will, we will expect it. But I yep. think, uh, I think they'll do a good job of making sure it's not, you know, a Spider Man or something like
0: yeah, that. Yeah, no, I think yeah, I think I think they'll make sure it's not going to be. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's going to be they they can reach those boundaries without having to explicitly show, like you know, with their Falcon Winter the Soldier, you got you got the gist when U.S. agent. You know, raise the shield and 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 crash it down on the guy the guy oh head. man it, it, how <laughs> yeah. funny is it that just yeah. seeing
1: a little splatter of blood on a shield was just like i remember when he pulled that shield up and i was like oh wow they really <laughs> exactly there. exactly it's like well they didn't they put a little blood on a shield it was fine yeah but well, what was implied was like pretty brutal exactly. so it was dark it was definitely dark for what i thought they would let you know go into these shows so i yeah. think that only speaks to what we can expect for some of the things that uh that do have darker tones to it mm-hmm. coming up.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, another, uh, one of just the other point here that I, I was going to raise, uh, was the kind of a reference to, to the classic run. Um, let does it word for word with, with Mark Spector taking the cloak from the, the statues. Again, it's a, a big moment. It's a, um, a big moment for, for Moon Knight in Canon, uh, when he just gets resurrected, uh, and, um, I'm the Ghost, uh, Spectre of the Moon, the Moon's Night of Vengeance, and I have work to do. That's mm-hmm. That's been replayed. Um, I mean, throughout the run as well, Lemire has played with the Origin. We do get an Origin. Um, uh, all go, all, albeit slightly different each and every time. Like, uh, yeah. the amount of times, the amount of different ways that Peter Alraan gets, uh, gets killed, uh, either knife, teeth in the neck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All that sort of stuff. I, I
1: did, like... Um... Uh, could definitely correct me if I'm wrong, um, but if I am remembering correctly, what I really enjoyed about the Lemire backstory is it showed his time in the military, and it showed it the events leading up to this specific mission that went south. Yes. Uh, and it was really interesting seeing people telling him we shouldn't be working with Bushman mm. and him pushing for it. Um, yep. And while simultaneously dealing with the, you know, his personalities and trying to keep that from coming up. Mm. Uh, I don't feel like that was really shown before. We were just kind of all we were always just kind of plopped into the Sudan where they're already in the middle of everything. So getting to see the lead up, I think, put a a little more weight behind behind things and put a little more of that mythos behind the emergence of Bushman instead of just being some scary guy who had a, a reputation popping up. He was. You got to see him going in and purposefully seeking out working with this guy.
0: Yeah, yeah. It certainly was fleshed out a bit more with this me around. The only thing I can think of is um, back in Moon Knight issue two. Um, the, the Houston run where profile has that slideshow and he's t- telling everyone yeah, about his yeah. past. That's a set, You can get a sense of what happened, like Mark's past, but this one you certainly get. I mean, let me that you show the meeting with Bushman, that big reveal. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah, I, I like that uh, aspect of it. Um, he does flesh it out a bit more. Um, yeah, uh, any other final thoughts here, Drew, before we, um, we give this a rating?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, I I don't think I have any other one specifically. This is uh, like I said, it's we covered the main things, and uh, it's a pretty. It really surprised me how quick of a read this one is when you mm. come back to it. Um, it's and it's like I said, it's exactly how long it needs to be. I don't think yeah. they needed to add anything else to it, so it yeah. Didn't feel it didn't feel like it was purposefully short. It just moves perfectly.
0: Yeah, I mean, and even like if you look at like page two and three of Mark. Um, uh, struggling through the desert at night. I mean, Lemies, You know, he knows when to add in some dialogue. He knows when to sit back and let the art speak for itself. And uh, I think he certainly does that very well in those pages where it turns into night and
1: Mark starts to hear Conchu first. Um, oh man! And then when he when he's on the ground and that full full page of uh, yes. him in front of the statue and the the only dialogue is on top. Yep. Where it says, uh, "Soon you'll know my face." Yeah. That page. That page is just so epic. It's so it well is, isn't it? put together.
0: Yeah, it is. It's great. I mean, and I'm just trying to kind of come at roundabout in a practical way of how come the issue does seem so fast? It's because you get very sparse dialogue, but I think it's used to really good effect here. I mean, that's, that's absolutely the thing. yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Well, without without any further ado, uh, Drew, I'll I'll give you first dibs here. What would you give this, uh, Birth and Death Part 5, Moon Knight oh, Volume man. 8, Issue 14?
1: Yeah, so uh yeah, going to go with the carnage rating system, and as, as much <laughs> as I love the big, beautiful yellow man, I have to go with the 10 out of 10 big fuck-off moon.
0: There you go. We love it. We love it when that happens, <laughs> the good 10 out of 10. Um, that's fantastic that you can't get any more than that. I think... Um, I think I, I might, I may have given it a 10 out of 10 back in the day as well. I, look, I've given it a 9 out of 10. Um, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's fantastic. It's a great read. Um, I think, let me kind of explain a bit. I think 10 out of 10 as, as a five parter, I think, you know, birth and death. I, I loved the whole five issues and the way that this kind of caps it off. Um, yeah. yeah so that definitely 10 out of 10 for that. A 9 out of 10. Um, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know why I took that one point off as well. No, you know, um, but earlier it's, I, I yeah. kind of
1: went back. I, I I had it at like a nine, and I was like yeah. nine point five. Yeah. Uh, I don't. In the context of a singular issue, yes. Uh, yep. it you know, nine out of ten because you definitely have to have a lot of context. Exactly. For
0: it to, uh, exactly.
1: You can't. Just... Couldn't pick it up as a, a no. new fan and understand probably any of it. No. Uh, you probably well, yeah, you'd probably be underwhelmed. Yeah, yeah, at the end of at the end of an arc issue, absolutely ten out of ten. Yeah. But so I, I totally get where you're coming from.
0: Excellent. Well, there you go. I mean, Loonies, uh, we, we've discussed this before, but uh, I'd love revisiting. These issues, I mean, like the likes. Drew yourself. You bring fresh eyes, new perspective. Um, it's it's great how much you can get from good runs and good issues. How much you can you can get from it, you know, without it just mm-hmm. being like, let's just go through the story. And that's a story, you know. There's a lot more underneath it. Uh, and I think I think this is a perfect example of that. So Loonies, uh, a an average of nine and a half there out of ten. Um, go check it out if you haven't already. Um, and urge you if you haven't read the Lemire run and you know enough about Moon Knight pick it up it would be time to to pick it up and, and see what it is about it's a very different run i i strongly agree it's one of the classics um now in the mm-hmm. moonlight canon um but there, there you go uh drew how about we just take a quick short break and um okay. yeah and when we come back loonies we're just going to round out with a couple of uh, a bit of feedback from you uh for this issue what your thoughts are and um yeah and then we'll cap off the show alright catch you soon
1: perfect tell me his name again Thanos I think I shall call him Adam
0: but return to me again empty handed and I will bathe the starways in your blood
1: thanks dad sounds fair Korvac's power grows as does his madness. He would have destroyed us all had I not pulled us into the soul gem. Then Thanos, I'm coming for you. After Xandar, you were going to kill my father?
0: You dared to oppose me?
1: You see what he has turned me into? You kill him, I will help you destroy a thousand planets. It's all right, Adam. We're here to help. Just stay cool. Ugh! Don't want to be here.
0: Resurrections, an Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast. Five years and going strong. Every other week. Mostly. For all of your Adam Warlock, Thanos, or Marvel Cosmic Needs. Find it on iTunes, Podbeam, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever else podcasts are available. ResurrectionsAdamWarlock.tumbler. Adam Warlock you cannot keep leaving your philosophy books open on the floor I always trip on them in the middle of the night on my way to the can hey everyone this is Phil and Lulu of the Capes and Lunatics Podcast you're listening to Into the Night the the Moon Knight Podcast Yes, welcome back, Looney listeners. You are listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. This is episode 240, and you are with Drew Toombs, one of the top tier patrons. sporting um, a, a very Moon Knight esque uh, visual. <laughs> and of course, your high prestige investments. Your, vestment, your vestments that's it <laughs> that's it um, um and uh, we on the other side of the break there you heard we just had a nice discussion on birth and death part 5 issue 14 now it's not only us that have i'm sure many thoughts about this issue we we do have a lot of loonies that gave us some great feedback so um i'm going to throw it to drew we got a couple from our facebook group
1: sure first one we got here is noel tate Uh, The art in this issue is top-notch. As a wrap-up to Lemire and Smallwood's Run, I used to find it sort of heartbreaking. But after another read and listening to Lena's take on a previous issue, R.E., uh, the D.I.D., um, I've sort of felt it didn't live up to the potential Lemire set up. Interesting. Hmm. Because I I felt like it did, but I get what he's saying. Uh, I'm glad he kept the altars, but it left me a little confused considering the aforementioned issue. The writing is beautiful, but the elements don't land as much for me anymore. The quick sketch of the origin of Moon Knight at the top of the issue and his God using Bushman again to antagonize Mark was done well. The emotion Smallwood is able to portray on Mark's face is gorgeous, and a quick backwards looks. The overall continued trippiness of the arc is pretty cool and lands in a melancholy, almost down to earth way, which is a nice wrap up, but still leaves me a little, I don't know, off. Still, Smallwood's art makes up for any quibbles. Seven point five out of ten for something. Between a solid round boy and a big beautiful yellow man. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it uh, is. Thank you, Noel.
0: And yeah, I, I can I can see where he's coming from as well. Like revisiting right. it, um, it it certainly gave me a different um, experience than than reading it when it first came out. Uh, and and again, like um, knowing and and learning off Laner as well. So uh, yeah, totally understand, Noel. Absolutely, yeah, so yeah, I,
1: it, what I, I was thinking, kind of thinking here is um. This last issue after listening to Lena's discussions on DID, this last issue felt maybe even more so, I don't want to say well portrayed, Mm -hmm. because that might not really be the case. But uh, more tastefully done and more self-empowering for people who might be dealing with these kinds Mm. of things, I felt. Because he's not pushing them away, uh, I don't think he's necessarily... Like we said earlier, I don't think he's necessarily forcing these personalities to take a back seat. He's just learning to be at peace with himself, which I think is a very powerful uh, concept for the the world of mental health as a whole. Um, however, when I went back and read the issues where he's beating the shit out of Jake Lockley shit. and and throwing moon darts, uh, straight up killing the sp- the space version of himself. Hmm. Uh, after listening to Lena's discussion, hmm. that. It seemed that, that obviously for obvious reasons struck me as less well done um yeah you know like she said you don't want to be stabbing uh one of your personalities with the moon dart nah. because yeah. uh, that's not a good way to get rid- <laughs> to yeah. integrate your personality so uh if anything i felt like this uh turned that around a little bit but yeah totally get where somebody's coming from with that for sure
0: I mean, if anything, you could potentially say, I mean, again, learning from Lena, it could just show the disarray that Mark is in at that stage, you know, around that arc. So, um, and, and I think, yeah, at this end here, the fact that we get the, as you mentioned before, we are Moon Knight, that, that is a a statement saying you're unified, you know, it's not like I am Moon Knight and I've gotten, you know, everyone's kind of merged into me, like we are, we're, we're all it. So, right. um, And again,
1: bless lena for sharing all of this information absolutely such a cool thing for us as fans of a character that has this uh to have someone open to talking about it like this it's it makes it makes it so much more interesting for people like us who really do care about knowing how this works for some for you know a fictional character that we care about
0: yeah absolutely yeah
1: and in real life too i have not met anybody with did personally but um just uh, I find the whole I find the whole thing fascinating, and it's really cool that we get to have that shared in our community.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, me too, for sure, absolutely.
1: Um... Oh, next one here. So Kyle Carr, uh, by far my favorite cover of the entire run. Gotta yes. say, I agree. <laughs> uh, I also love how Lemire used the literal dialogue for Moon Knight number one mm-hmm. during the flashback of Mark being reborn. It also seems to suggest, likely, and I has before, that Mark may have a Conshu altar in addition to the real Conshu much like how people have differing views of what God is like to them, IRL. That's really interesting, actually. That's
0: interesting, yeah.
1: I've never really thought about the idea that Kanshu could be part of his mental construct and be a God.
0: Gosh, yeah, that, that again just kind of <laughs> makes you kind of <laughs> pause for thought there. Yeah, as well. A, a really great concept there, Kyle. Uh, thank you for that. Um, but yeah, uh, interesting. I I don't know. Again, i pfft, um, I'm gonna have to kind of ruminate on that, that one yeah, myself. Same here. I'll to go back
1: and reread everything and pick parts where I think exactly <laughs> parts where it's just his uh, his his personality.
0: Yeah, yeah. But um, thank you, Kyle, uh, fellow Petruni as well. Thank you so much. Uh, we've got a couple here from Instagram as well to to cap off our discussion. Uh, first off is. Well, I'm going to say Rafael Santos. That's that's his name. You would be familiar with his art. I've been showcasing it every week. He drops one. Uh, he's set himself a goal to draw every single costume or iteration of Moon Knight throughout the ages. Oh, that's him. That's him, cool. yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. R- Raff, uh, I don't even know how to pronounce his handle. Raphael Centus is his, <laughs> his handle. Um, and and Raphael says, he's a huge Smallwood fan. Uh, this is the best run of my life. That's the issue Moon Knight shows off his own Sinister, Sinister Six. Yes, Bushman, Wealth, <laughs> By Night, Stained Glass, Scarlet, Black Spectre, Midnight Man and Khonshu. Uh The end of this run made me feel at peace I hadn't exper- experienced in years. I still feel Smallwood's uh, inbox with praises for his art on this run. His art on the first page was a reason for me to give a chance uh, to this run. Although I was in a terrible moment of my life when I found out about this run, I'm really grateful for it because if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have had searched about heroes with mental issues. Wow! So that's um, it's it's yeah. quite a important issue for you, uh, Raphael, and, and thanks for for sharing. Um, but again, that that's great. I mean, it shows um, how. And again, like I'm hoping with the likes of Lainer as well, it shows how we can kind of learn more about this um, and uh, how you can connect with it yourself. So a big thank you. To-
1: Absolutely. Yeah, like It doesn't have to be a personality, uh, you know, a split personality problem uh, to for you to read this and take uh, positive inspiration from it. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I was in a pretty dark place when I started reading some of this stuff and just... It's, you know, just seeing Mark overcome the struggle Mm -hmm. that you've been watching him deal with uh, on top of the villains and uh, anything he did with the Avengers and all this other stuff, like, he's dealing with this constantly. Yeah. Uh, To see him kind of have this one moment of peace and power, uh, it's it's just really empowering for the reader, and uh, I can only imagine how much more so for somebody who knows how this feels personally.
0: Yeah. And I think you coined it really well in the fact that it just reminded me how you're saying that, like, Mark, is he's such a, you know, he's, he's a merc, an ex-soldier and stuff. He's kind of tough as nails. And just to see him vulnerable, I, I like that um, idea of of seeing that. And, and I, when I do my rereads of Moon Knight again, I'd like to take that um in the back of my mind when I read it, like Mark is, is this imposing guy. He's a heavyweight boxer. He's like over six foot tall, yeah. over 200 pounds, but he does have those moments of vulnerability. And I think that's what makes him so compelling. Uh, a couple well, of the especially weird- in, the,
1: in the world of Marvel, I feel yeah. like moments of vulnerability often equate to moments of being whiny or saying, mm. Oh, I'm tired of things going badly. Yeah. And like, I can, you can feel for that somewhat, but Mark, Mark, uh, I mean in the bottom he got pretty low, where he was being yes. mopey, like oh. for good reasons. <laughs> oh, yeah, reason. yeah, yeah. But uh, this is different. This is him being vulnerable enough to say, like I said uh, earlier, when when he tells Marlene, like I'm scaring myself. Mm. When yeah. he's in the desert and he asks for his personalities to yeah. stay with him because he's scared. You don't see, you don't see Marvel heroes often talking about how they're frightened or how they feel legitimately afraid of of not just their health and of dying but of their well-being uh you just see them complaining about their hardships Uh, this is something that you don't you don't see often and with someone as hard as nails as mark is it really hits even harder
0: Absolutely, and we're looking at you, Frank Castle, as well, so, you know, <laughs> you can learn a thing or two from Mark's Victor. Right. <laughs> um, and finally, we have uh, from Regular. Uh, he's been dropping in some feedback regularly, so that's great. Make mine Moon Knight. Um, I love it was, his
1: Instagram page.
0: Yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. Uh, it was a strong end. I felt the story overall was a bit stretched out uh, for too long, though. It should have been at most... 8 issues instead of 14. Or maybe it could have been a special graphic novel release instead of a series. But for the end itself to the story, I liked it. I personally saw it as being that Moon Knight was handling his own mental stuff. Yeah, exactly. Most see it as a conju being real, and everything that happened having been real. For me, by the end of it all... Uh, for me, by the end of it all... Uh, I saw it as Moon Knight working out his demons by himself, probably running around like a lunatic in some abandoned building, all delusional. I saw the (laughs) Conchu he was engaging with as a mental aspect of his shattered psyche. Yeah, I kind of saw that, um, at the beginning as well, but you can, you can jump now back and forth now with the way things have been, um, portrayed. Uh, I saw, yeah, Gaze as a shattered psyche. It wasn't Conchu he was conquering, but himself. If someone like Moon Knight, with his kind of profile in the uh, Marvel Universe's hero community, had checked themselves into a clinic for mental issues, and then went off the chain and ran around assaulting those clinic workers and others on the street, the other heroes and agencies would have been after him in the following <laughs> yeah, series. I, but that it,
1: actually is a really good point.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely, yeah, which, which, you know, we've kind of, well, I mean... Yeah.
1: Well, that occurred to me earlier in the series when uh, when they make it to the street, and I think it's when Frenchie seemingly gets killed, yeah. and he just takes out a cop. And yes. all I could think of was like, okay, well, if this isn't a delusion, Mark now has some very real shit he's going to have to deal it, with.
0: Yeah, that's right. The cop was uh, the crocodile, right there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but it all went unnoticed because it was all in Moon Knight's head, which is fine. I only bring this up because the following series has interpreted the previous one by Lumiere as having been actual events. Uh, They made the redhead doctor real, she wasn't, none of them were, but now she was, which means the story was real, real, and it wasn't, the events weren't. But due to poor handling by piss-poor editors and Marvel's overall lack of consistency, things got confused further. That's why I try not to get too worked up when I come across new stories that I'm not into. I just view Marvel overall as being a splintered reality of different timelines being meshed together ever since the last Secret Wars event. That, and there's always the oldies to fall back on for reliable storytelling and consistent characterization of Moonlight. Um, fair enough. I mean, yeah, Yeah. for sure. I mean, you've got the old, old stories to, to read as well. I mean, again, I I mentioned it a lot. Each of their runs of the Moonheart runs is so vast and different. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, there, there are pros and cons of that. Um, and, and, you know, Marvel's not the best with continuity anyway. Um, but to get different stories of your favorite character in different settings, um, it, it may involve some, you know contingencies of 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 uh there being inconsistencies with past series so you know sure. I, I let that slide line
1: i do too. i've always been much more of the mind of uh enjoying it for what it is and when stuff sticks uh and it, it is referential um it's even more so enjoyable yes uh yeah and you know it there is it this does come at the cost of uh there being runs that I thoroughly just don't like for a character that I love. Sometimes, mm-hmm. um, I've never outright hated any of them, but, uh, mm-hmm. there's just ones that I don't necessarily go back to and I don't yep. necessarily hold a lot of that canon or whatever you want to yeah. say, but, uh, I've never actively, you know, disliked any of it. Um, yeah, we were kind of talking about that with like, uh, with Shang-Chi, the in the last episode, mm-hmm. uh, didn't expect it to be a, a world-breaking new thing. It was mm-hmm. you know, an origin story for a character, and sometimes that entertainment value is, is it's a comfort thing. Yeah. Um. It, you know benefit. I feel like Moon Knight's also benefited from this somewhat too. Whereas uh, uh, some characters that are bigger have been so stuck in their pigeonhole that when the new writer takes over, they try to stick to how it always has been. Mm. Uh, Moon Knight suffered from it, but we've also gotten a, it stayed consistently fresh. Whether yeah. you enjoyed it or not, he uh, he's you know been all over the place to go from reading something as emotionally impactful and and heartfelt as this run, and then going and reading Age of Conshu, uh, I could see why people can really take gripe with that and not enjoy <laughs> it, and I fully respect that. Yeah, but it was also fun as hell for me to feel yeah. this like burst of mental health wonderfulness that we get from this Lemire run and then go watch him lose his shit beating all the Avengers asses. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's I love both of them, so I, yeah. I think it's the cool thing that we get with Moon Knight.
0: Yeah, no, that that's great as well. I mean, yeah, I mean I have my favorites and my least uh lesser favorite runs as well. But yeah, at the end of the day, look, after McKay, uh Jed McKay, we're gonna get another run, which I'm sure is going to be very different again, you, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the, the the trend with Moon Knight. So, um, I uh, just enjoy it for what it is. Um, but you know, I don't mind having my pickle with some of them every now and again. I, I oh, get over, sure. yeah, I get over that sort of stuff anyway. And and like you're talking about Aja of I'm gonna I'm gonna return to it. I'm gonna enjoy it. Damnation, I'm gonna enjoy it as well. Like you know, why not? It's, it's fun. It's fun after
1: fact, too. And you you know not to uh, put too much weight in it. Yeah, luckily like you know if I'd read Age of Kanshu first and then gone back to something as serious as The Bottom oh. I don't know if I would have enjoyed The Bottom as much. Yeah,
0: yeah exactly. Yeah, true. The sequence of when you re- how you read it might really affect your overall um impressions. So yeah. Um, well, thank you so much, Loonies, for all your feedback there. Uh, always great to hear from you. Please keep them coming. Um, we'll, uh, I love writing, uh, reading them out on the show and, and discussing it with, with uh, the likes of Drew. Uh, you really do raise some really great points. Uh, Drew, a huge thank you once again um it's been awesome it's been a great fun great fun to revisit this issue but at the same time it's great fun to chat with you um first time
1: Oh, Um, thank you so much for having me on
0: yeah over the week i mean because i I chatted with you earlier in the week of course (laughs) days ago days ago days ago but (laughs) um (laughs) um but uh before you go as well is anything that you'd like to shout out
1: Uh, no, just, uh, you know, I I think in the last show, Mm -hmm. I plugged a couple of gigs, uh, doing, doing tombs things, playing shows, got festival in Chicago end of the week, uh, next week, uh, Pittsburgh, Texas, there'll be tour dates popping up throughout the winter. And then I have a cassette release under my Lurk project coming out sometime in November to keep an eye out on. And, uh, I don't remember if it was this episode or the last one, but if any of, um, any of the community are interested in the music or want anything just shoot me a dm or something through the group and i got download codes for any of it um yeah other than that just uh been been reading the new kang and really enjoying it uh <laughs> mckay's new doctor strange is great uh been really diving into she hulk lately and enjoying her so yeah i uh, just looking forward to hearing more episodes and seeing uh i don't know appreciate being on it's been well, fun getting to talk about this stuff with somebody who doesn't have too many friends that read this, read this <laughs> I, but, I know
0: exactly what you mean don't worry um yeah uh but anyway you're you're more than welcome anytime that we can we can work out a time um and if you want to do a particular comic or, or whatever um, um i'd love to love to have you back on uh it's been really fun uh just shooting the breeze and yeah just hearing your thoughts it's great. Uh, and, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, and, and similar to the last episode, Bloonies, all in the show notes. Check it all out. I'll put all the details for, for Drew's stuff. And um, again, as well, Drew in the community, feel free to uh, to post um, anything like the, the stuff, the release of your cassette um, EP. Just you know, chuck it up. I'm happy to, really great to love to share it around. Um, that's nice oh yeah, stuff. definitely. I'll make sure to do that. Cool, cool. Uh, next phase, loonies. Uh, we're going back to well, it's, it's an idle chat um, to be determined what is gonna what we're gonna talk about. And uh, joining me will be Justin the Owl Osgood coming back, swooping in. And, uh, is that my for- man
1: with the, the sultry voice? That's the man
0: with the soldier. Oh, I'm to oh. tell Justin that. <laughs> <laughs> you pump up your bass when you listen to Justin, everyone. Oh, <laughs> I'm sure Justin would love to, to hear that. But anyway, <laughs> Justin will be back with us for an idle chat and a bit later on that week. Um, we're, we're doing another other other side of the moon which i believe is what is on the cards i could be wrong um so just don't quote me uh <laughs> as mentioned patreon if you check out patreon.com slash itk moon night Please check it out. All the incentives there. Um, releasing bonus episodes for Petruni's, um video, uh, like Drew and I are recording now. We are recording a video. You'll get to see. You get to see to see Drew, and you'll get to see Shang Chi. <laughs> yeah,
1: Shang Chi banner. You won't get. You know, if you don't, if you don't have a Patreon, <laughs> exactly. You're not going to see these Moon Knight vestments.
0: Exactly. And you won't get to see, if you're not a Patreon member, you won't get to see Drew and I go make some coffee in between the breaks. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Exciting stuff all around. Um, but yeah, please check it out patreon.com slash itkmoonnight. Uh, as mentioned, Sponsors at the top of the show, Uh, so Daniel doing Fringe Night, if you can support his Patreon, patreon.com slash fringenight27, uh, that'd be great. You can learn more about uh, Fringe Night, the character, and there's a lot of incentives there, again, from Daniel. Uh, From Drew, our our co-host today, uh, again, so Tombs with a Z. Uh if you go to SoundCloud, SoundCloud.com slash tombs, uh you can support Drew's music there. And similar on Bandcamp, Lurk Music with a CK, uh Lurk Music with a CK.bandcamp.com uh will give you a whole lot of other um EPs and albums from Drew, uh which is highly recommended. Very cool stuff there. Um and if you if anybody's preferential
1: to Spotify, it's all you can find it smattered around on there too.
0: Okay, so just yeah, yeah. Um, search terms with the Z and Lurk Music CK on Spotify too, um, as well. Incidentally, Drew, I'm going to have to uh, when I when I purchase some of your stuff from Lurk Music, I'm going to have to come up with a particular. Um, like drop for, for you if ever you come back on. I'll, uh, oh, I'll, get, yeah. I'll get you a sound drop there. I was
1: going to say, as soon as you mentioned Justin, uh, the owl, yeah. I, I it instinctively heard the hoo
0: <laughs> and, and I started thinking, what would mine be? Yeah, you know? I'm, I'm trying to think. <laughs> I was thinking during the break, don't, don't you worry. <laughs> um, and, of course, Dreamland Comics, uh, I think we mentioned at the top of the show, just go up to them, just go up to the counter and just shout moon at them and you'll get 20% off um, their store. Uh, as well, well as access
1: to, that, access to that secret vault.
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Where they pull it back and, you know. <laughs> um,
1: it's just full of Khonshu relics.
0: Yes. It's got the the bird armor. That would be cool. <laughs> you can wear yeah, that. Yeah, it, the K needs to bring back the bird armor, man. Yes. I'd love to see that back again. Um, um, also, as well, we are part of the collective, a band of uh, like-minded podcasters. We all do character-based stuff or geek culture-based stuff. Um, so go check them out. I've updated the, the website, uh, the page for that. Um, so like some really cool shows like uh, The Signal of Doom, I'm going to shout them out. Uh, shout out also Inner Demons, a Ghost Rider podcast. They, Brian just released an episode not that long ago. And yeah. Um, and I'll say Adelaine Rising, a comic book podcast. A little bit on hiatus. Hopefully they'll be back soon, but they've got a, a lot of episodes there to check out. Finally, uh, email us at feedback at We have a website, itkmoonnight.com, and we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Discord, Get Vocal, and, uh, and Podchaser and Apple Podcasts, open for reviews. So if, you, if you'd like to drop us a review, let us know. Uh, let us know if you want to hear more, Drew. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, very, very fine um, feedback there. Very fine. Uh, again, great issue that you picked, Drew. Um, awesome stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, other than that, I
1: toss this guy up here for the, uh, oh, the Patreons as well. There you
0: go. There you go, Patreons. Have a look at that. You're Drew, only going to get a shot at him. Drew has his own Moon Knight there, so <laughs> only those with video will know what that is. <laughs> but anyway, i'm uh, sent
1: sent me in a sandwich bag. <laughs>
0: Oh, nice! <laughs> In a body bag. Was, yeah. Jeez. <laughs>
1: um,
0: a big thank you once again, Drew. Um, uh, thank you so much for your
1: time. Uh, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, of course.
1: Thank uh, you so much again uh, for having me. It was a blast to talk about to, to ramble about these issues <laughs> with, to somebody besides my poor girlfriend.
0: <laughs> um, absolutely. as again, I know exactly how you feel. <laughs> and, be, <laughs> uh, and as we always say, anyway, May you watch over the denizens of the night. Catch you later. Farewell.